allegedly broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to you're listening to unlicensed 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 therapy with Ari Manis. So the setup with this, I pulled my neck doing Jay Larson's podcast the other day because because he you guys have a setup to where it works well for the two shot, but not for a natural conversation. So me doing this for a while is is not good for my body. So I oh, might you have a weak neck. I wouldn't say I have a weak neck, but that's just because I don't want people to find out. <laughs> it's I have. Um, it's very humbling to admit that you have a weak neck. Well, as we talked about before, more specifically, I have a bad shoulder, and my neck, my shoulder. Wait, you said you don't want to talk about that. I don't think that that's the the topic of your the theme of your podcast. Oh, you we can talk about it for a little bit, we just not the whole. We hour. can talk about it the entire time, but I mean, okay. I, I don't I don't see much. You know, getting much out of this. Well, it's relatable. You know, a lot of people have shoulder and back issues. Yeah, and one in every three Americans. Wow. Yeah. I tell people I do sometimes, but I don't. Mm. Sometimes I'll say, oh, I have a bad back. Sure. I don't even, and my back's fine. Yeah, that's I've all, never had back that's, issues. That's crazy. Yeah. I, good I can you. sleep on anything, too. I can sleep on the floor. Wow. Mattress, spring mattress, memory foam mattress, doesn't matter, and I wake up fine. That's good. Mm-hmm. I have to speak. Hopefully sleep. it stays like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to sleep on a... On a on I travel with a pillow because of I want every I have the things that I like. What kind of mattress do you use at, at Tempur-Pedic. Whoa. Yeah. I also the statistic one and three I made up. People just believe stuff, and I don't want to make you a lie. Oh, I was wow. more doing yeah, a statistic joke. I believe maybe you. it is. It, yeah, it could be one and two. It could, it couldn't be one and two. You don't think half of people have back issues? Shoulder and shoulder. I think. Oh, shoulder, I, th- I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if everyone in the world but you had back issues. <laughs> No, I can't be the only. This perfect. looking like this. Look at these pants. Shout out to Crystalia gave them to me. Did he really? Yeah, so they're really cool. When we were doing, but I don't know if I could pull them off. Well, not with that attitude. Yeah, truly, anyone could pull anything off if they believe they can, and that's not as spiritual as it sounds. There's something about wearing something that you believe you could wear that means it works. I get what you're saying, but here's what I meant by okay. I don't know if I could pull it off. You could walk down the street wearing this outfit. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's going to say anything. Right. I could walk down the street in that outfit. I think someone would have the thought, look at that guy's pants. Yeah. I think they'd be like, that guy looks awesome. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I look good. So there's a pair of these pants that I bought years ago. Not camo, but the same brand. And I, uh, this was when I was working on the show Undateable with Chris. I've heard of it. And we talked about NBC. the pants. He ended up getting a pair of pants like that. Cut to five years later. He got a, a, two pairs of these. They sent them to him. And he's like, yo, I remember you like these pants. And do you want these? And I was like, yeah, man. I got What f- brand are they? The, 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 it's the Feather. That, it's the Feather. Okay, I don't My know. shirt is that brand. You just like everything from that brand. I like that brand. I don't like everything from it. But you it. don't even know what it's called. And you Feather. like that brand. Feather. I think it's uh, American Apparel has it. It might be the American, American Apparel I think brand. went out of business. Urban Outfitters, excuse me. Oh, Urban Outfitters. Got it. A lot of people know what I'm talking about because... They're into style more than I am. I don't want to negate what you're saying, but also I'm not I'm not saying that you don't have style. I'm just, I don't. Okay. Yeah. But that's not the reason why. Um, it's just I see people wearing those shirts all the time. You will recognize this. This shirt is that the one you're wearing. This is one is of the them. feather shirt. Oh yeah. 
I like it. Is the are the collars always stretched no, out the, like that? No, they have a lot of different kinds. This is not my main one. I never liked the neckline of this. So this is my sleep shirt. Oh, I, did, I didn't mean to make you feel self-conscious it's okay. about it. Okay. I, I started to like this neckline. I've maybe a week ago, I started to really get into my chest hair. No joke, like a week ago. And not that I want to show it off. I'm just not embarrassed by it. Right. You know what you I mean? You have nice chest hair. Thank it's you. It's like the perfect amount. It's not crazy a lot, but it shows that you're a man. So, yeah, thanks. I kind of have like an Asian show me. man's chest hair. No, that's great. You like it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I need to edit that out. I don't like my body though. I'm a little um, body insecure myself because yeah. of the shoulder injury. I haven't been working out. Yeah. I'm going to, I was planning on hiking after this. If I hiked before, maybe I'd be okay with it. Do you really, are you really going to edit it out? Probably. You don't strike me as someone who would edit out a shirt lift. Yeah, but I have a dad bod right now. I'm fatter than I've ever been right now. Then that means you must have been in great shape your whole life because you look pretty good. Thanks. I, then, thank you. Yeah, I used to be in pretty good shape. I'm hating this angle. I, I would love if we could is look at the, each other at the screen. Yeah, but you want to feel natural, like you said. So if we're looking at the screen, it'll look weird. Like we're not talking to each other. No, I feel all right. <laughs> Can you, Better on my you, neck. Are you still focusing on me or are you focusing on you now? I'm looking at you. On the screen. You're looking at me on the screen. Of course. I know what I look like. You look good. Yeah. Wait, so back to this uh, feather shirt. Mm. Um, so you seem to be a little bit of a, a fashion expert. I don't want to say expert, but you have a sense of style and you know what you like and you know what you don't like. These shorts should, that I'm wearing right now, do you think I should throw them out? No. They're okay? Yeah. Okay. That's all I want to know? I love being comfortable. I think I have a cool sense of style. You know, sometimes when I'm going to go on stage and I want to look fresh, I got cool looks. You have nice shoes? Thank you. Yeah. But I'm almost always in shorts or sweatpants and just shirts that, that feel good. But particular ones. Not based that you on like style. the way they look. Uh, more specifically, I like the way they feel. Brent Morin often says that I, I wear, uh, it looks like I'm wearing pajamas or pillowcases all the time. And I get it. Good good burn, man. But <laughs> I like to compare myself um, kind of like to Sandler, where Sandler looks cool. because And he doesn't dress well. He just looks comfortable. No, he dresses awful. He dresses comfortable. Yeah. That's how I dress. I like to be comfortable. You, I'm gonna. I don't mean to insult the great Adam Sandler. Uh-huh. I don't know him personally. He seems like a very nice guy. Yeah. I have nothing against him. Okay. He doesn't have a good sense of style. Sure. You do. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the compliment. Yeah. And but he doesn't care to. I don't look at him and goes his style's bad. He knows his style's bad. He wouldn't sit here and say I have a great sense of style. Yeah. I see. I think that we society look at. Uh, ob- we look objectively good or bad with with style, with fashion, with with being pretty, with what these things are. And to me, good style means that <clears throat> I'm sacrificing something, either money to to or or having to to cannibalize my wardrobe by keep rebuying to what's trendy right now. To mm-hmm. me, good clothes are clothes that. Feel good. Feel good. I want to be able to sleep in this, work out in this, drive in this, and also go to dinner in it. The problem is a lot of times people say, don't wear, you can't go to dinner, don't go there. Don't wear what you're wearing. I get that a lot. Ricky, make sure you wear pants 
and no blue jeans, which always, and you can wear a black jean. What kind of restaurants do you go eat at? These Just are if I'm going, places. if when I'm going, Catch. when I'm going to someplace, yeah. a party or something, you know, like and of something, and and I I thought I thought like what did the blue jean do? There's such like disrespect the blue jean. Gets. Someone has said no blue jeans to you. My mom. Oh, does mom even count? Yeah, they're out of touch. You know, this Your was this was about touch. my aunt. My aunt was having some party, and then she said, "Rick." Um, Ricky, make sure you you know wear pants because she knows I don't, and just don't wear blue jeans. Now you and your mom have had a lot of issues, huh? Are you are you trying to milk something out of me? My mom uh, and I are like yeah. best friends. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean sure, yeah, we had issues. Yeah, yeah, I was a little smartass as a kid, now. and she's pretty oh, sensitive. I, I had that same thing, of course. Well, I wasn't a smartass; I was disrespectful. Oh, I would say like you're not the boss of me, and you never will be. I'm a man, and I'm my own man. I don't think and that's disrespectful. Like, yeah, but I would also. I, that was like the lighthearted version. The real one was like, "Shut up, bitch." Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Once I said to my mom, I don't remember this. I was must six, seven, but once I, I guess I was mad at my mom because she wanted me to get out of the bubble. My mom tells the story. I, I, she wanted me to get out of the bubble bath, and I wasn't ready. And uh, I told her that she's fat like Uncle Buck. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time I think I ever insulted my Did mom. Did she cry? Uh, the way, I don't the way she tells it she was trying not to laugh in front of me because she wanted to be she like like that's wrong you can't do that but she walked away and she thought it was she was I, I was so upset it hurt my feelings and I couldn't stop laughing she said <laughs> these little six-year-old you know is your mom fat no no but I think I knew that uh, I think I knew that like that's something you probably don't want to say to if not a woman, at least your mom. Just I recognized. I think that's when I learned that. Oh, people are. So that's a sensitive. The meanest thing you ever said to your mom was, "You're fat like Uncle Buck, a fictional movie character." You were probably just an angel of a kid. It sounds like. No, no. I think that was the only time that I think I was out to. Her. I. I mean, I don't even you remember. Had it was just intent. That that seems like oh, you want to hurt somebody. When the other times I do stuff were probably more hurtful, but. But the subconscious of it were less about her and more about defending myself. Just right. you know, like when, when she said that kind of shit. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know, man. And what about your dad? You guys get along great. I see you tag him in Twitter posts. Uh, also, how many dads are on Twitter? Yours is, but not that many. I, I bet. think about one in three. One in three dads. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, so I'm gonna go ahead and cut you off. Mm-hmm. I, how's this going? I I. I I don't believe in anything that when it comes. Is it because of me or just po- you or the no, podcast it's not because as a of whole? You. It's because you're saying I'm a bad interviewer. No, not at all. Because this isn't an interview. Am I talk? I just feel like I'm talking too much. No, no. This is all about you. All the people listening, the you know, few people, they're probably listening to my podcast. They want to hear you. They're probably listening to "Take Your Shoes Off" with Rick. Oh, to they're they're set me up so we can maybe use this clip to promote mine. So say people are wanting to listen. People to who are listening to this podcast, they want to hear you. Oh, but maybe also give me something so it looks like you're bringing up the podcast so I'm not shutting you down to talk about mine. Oh, great. So most of the people listening to this podcast don't even, they're not here for me. They're here from your podcast, Take My Shoes Off. Take your shoes off. But I'll say the name. Just okay. You just say your podcast and then okay, I'm going to look to camera. Yeah. So most people who are well, listening to this. Let me fix my posture if this was going to be the clip. Most of my listeners... <laughs> aren't here to listen to me they're here because of your podcast sorry i was uh 
most of the people watching this episode and listening are here because of your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I do want to actually plug, check out my podcast, Take Your Shoes Off, where we not only take off our shoes, but we also get down to it big. Um, next week's guest is uh, Bill Murray, which is fucking nuts that I got. we got him. You're lying. No, Bill Murray. Uh, and then we have um, Donald Glover, the, the lethal weapon one. Right. That I could believe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I think maybe Thomas Dale. Oh, I love Thomas. Yeah, yeah. I had him here on this podcast as oh, well great. in an earlier episode. So One check, of my favorite episodes. Look to camera and say, check out Take Your Shoes Off podcast. Check out the Take Your Shoes Off podcast with the host, Rick Glassman, who I could also say uh, Rick is handsome, kind, and rich. Well, thank you. Comparing to certain people, he wouldn't be rich compared to everyone. Nor would I be handsome compared to everyone. No, he would. Yeah, he'd be handsome. But I think I would be kind no matter what. Yeah, you've been nothing but kind. I've never seen you be mean to anyone except for a security guard once outside of the sports bar. What was that place called? The parlor. But he started it. Oh, I I vaguely remember that. Oh, it was great. I vaguely remember that. I think this story might make you sound cool. Okay. Or it might make you sound like a dick. I'm not sure. But, um,. We walked up, and you were drinking a Starbucks beverage, a coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was cold brew, but I'm not sure. Do you get cold brew sometimes? Mm-hmm. I do sometimes. Okay, so I think it was a cold brew. I find it hard to believe that I'd be having coffee at night. I don't do that. Could have been a sweet tea. You had a drink in your hand. Whatever it was. I remember in my memory the story that I tell it was coffee. Maybe it was. Maybe but it was. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I needed a little energy before the show or something. So you had a cup of coffee. Right. We walked up to the parlor and we were walking. You're performing that night too. We weren't just there to hang because sometimes we go to hang. Sure. But this night you were on the lineup. You were on the bill. And we walked up and we walk in, not thinking anything of it. And security guard stops you and says, Hey, there's no outside drinks in here. And you go, oh, I'm performing. Uh, I just have a little coffee left. It's not, it's not a big deal. And he goes, well, sir, stand outside. You could either throw out your drink or finish it outside and then come in. And this, he gave a little attitude when he did it. It wasn't like, oh, I'm so sorry, man. I'm. You know what? I think guard. I remember. I think it was coffee because uh, I wanted it before the show. I was tired. Yeah. And I, I think he grabbed my arm. He might. Yeah. He, he might have stopped you from coming grabbed in or my, something. He grabbed my arm. Uh, to stop me, and then he took. I think he reached to take the coffee out of my hand, and I pulled it away. Like I don't. I, before yeah, I could even got, register, basically, it was physical. The way a, a man should approach another man, as long as there's no, you know, no one's trying to Let's break any laws here. A person, another person. He should have been like, "Hey, man, I'm just security guard, but uh, you right. know, we can't allow you to have a drink in here." But instead, he kind of was more using his power mm-hmm. as a security guard. You didn't take kind to that. So you said, hey, I'm going to stand outside and finish it. You finish the drink because you only had a little left. You finish it. Then you go to walk in again. Right. And he goes, no drinks. And you go, it's empty. And you hand it to, and you hand no, it to him. No, no, no. What happened Or he was, takes it. Well, uh, uh, so I finished it. And because he reached for my coffee before, I yeah. assumed that was his going to be his instinct again. Yeah. So I went in so he could grab it from me knowing it was empty. And when he grabbed it, I let him take it. And I said, thanks. Throw that out for me. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> so thanks for that out for me. I'm kind of 
it's uncomfortable <laughs> because even though it was really funny, there was a lot of it was like man anger against man sure. anger. So I'm a little uncomfortable being the pussy that I am. I got a or, little adrenaline rush and a little competitive because he grabbed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just a lot of man testosterone. Sure. So I'm a little uncomfortable. <laughs> and then the way he should have handled it, I think, from there was maybe maybe he could have said like, "You're an asshole. Enjoy the show" or something. But he said, "You're not allowed." He stopped. He said, "You're not going in there." Mm-hmm. Stay outside. You're not coming into this bar. Mm-hmm. And then you called Jay Davis, the producer of the show, and Jay Davis came out and said, "No, he's on the show. He's he's coming in." And mm-hmm. then you you won. You came in. I don't. I want. I'd like to tell you how that ended. So um, I did recognize that this is his job, mm-hmm. and he's. I thought he was doing it poorly. That was my opinion, but he was, yeah. that's what he said. So I said, "Okay, let's get on the same page here." I called the guy to come over, and. He said he's on the show and he let me in, so I got to walk in. And then I went to him and I said, uh, hey, man, um, I'll take responsibility where I need to. Um, I didn't like that you grabbed me, but it's over and I just want to. And I went to shake his hand and I said, apologize for, for my part in this. And um, he did not shake my hand. And I went, ooh. And then I, I walked in and I felt like, good try. Good you for tried. me. Yeah. Yeah. You tried. You tried yeah. to be the adult, the mature. I guess guy. I was immature. You know what it was, but also it was. It's listen. It's a competition. He grabbed me. I got to beat him. I think that he started it at the end yeah. of the day. What a with cool his attitude. Move. What yeah. a cool move. Because I slow played it. I felt because I knew like oh, this guy's gonna grab my coffee to walk in to have him grab it from me. Oh, I'm the man. Yeah, and you're like, thanks, throw, the, throw yeah. that out for me. And he's like, he he was he was taken aback. He goes. You're not. You're not coming in here. Yeah. You're not allowed to come in. Yeah, yeah. That was tight. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Have you had any other moments like that that you can recall? Like fighting moments? Yeah. I mean, sure. Uh, yeah. How many fights have you gone into? Fist fights. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten into probably ten or plus with my brother, but I don't it know if that count. counts. Yeah, it doesn't count. So not including my brother, probably f- uh, like f- I think four. Not bad. When was the last one? How old were you? College. So 22, roughly 21? 20, 21, yeah. Yeah. Did, and Did how'd you, it go? Oh. You're a pretty tall, athletic guy. You probably um, did pretty good. That the, the most recent one, actually, it, I don't know if I could call it a fist fight, though punches were thrown. Nothing landed. One punch was thrown. So and, no one got hurt. You didn't get hurt, and the other uh, the opponent did not get hurt. Right. The and la- people broke it up. Uh, no. Uh, we were on the basketball court. There was this guy. A lot of basketball fights happen. Yeah. Yeah. Almost every fight I've been into is on a basketball court. One of them had nothing to do with basketball, but we were on a court. Love a basketball court. One of my best friends is a basketball court. So I was just talking trash, and uh, then the guy drove to the hole, and uh, he tried to drive through me. And you don't really set picks, or excuse me, take charges in a pickup game. But this is at college, and I went to a D1 school, and, and it was very, very competitive. You play with the football team a lot. A lot of times we would play with the, the – t- bas- some of us would play with the basketball team. Everyone thought maybe I could walk on next year. We tried very hard, you know? Yeah. And Did uh, you walk on the next year? No, I tried out two years. They Damn. didn't take anybody, yeah. Yeah, I got real good. I got real good. I felt like I, I could have. I have here, like, so when people talk about the Comedian Basketball League, do you still play in that? No, I left that league. Well, when when – I would hear people talk about it. Your name would constantly get brought up as one of the best players in the league. Odd. 
You didn't think so? I don't know who could have possibly been thought of as better than me to not just be the best. No, yeah. Player. You, I asked. I'd say, who's the best? And they go, I don't know. I'd say, well, who who's up there? And they go, they go Rick's pretty good. And they named like a couple guys. Yeah. Well. But no one called. Not one person said Rick's the best. Definitely Rick's the that's best. That's fine. Maybe yeah. I'm not as good as I used to be or I'm not as good yeah. as I think I am. You were still one of, one of the best. Yeah. A lot of people are Tom. one of the best. It's better than being. When, I, okay. when I'm bowling, okay, and I have three strikes and I'm going into the fourth, turkey. fourth frame. It's called a turkey. Yeah. Okay. And I get an eight. Why am I playing anymore? Let's start a new game. I want to. Be, I want to be perfect. I want to get a perfect game. Have you? You've never gotten a perfect game. I was once. I. I. I bowled. Uh, I once had. Um, first nine frames were perfect. You go, bowled nine strikes in a row. Ten. You did ten strikes ten in a row. Strikes You're in lying. A row. No, two eighty eight. What was two eighty eight? Was your score? Yeah, ten That's strikes like in a row. Pro bowlers get that right. I was two strikes away, and I bowled an eight. And then I picked it up. So it, you got the. You got the spare. Yeah. And then the next frame, so you got the spare. So first nine strikes, uh-huh. tenth frame, I bowl, I get an eight. Uh-huh. I bowl again, I pick up the spare. Uh-huh. And I then bowl again, it's one? a strike. And that's a two eighty eight. That's no. Well. Excuse me. Excuse me. I bowl nine frames. The tenth one I bowl is a strike. Yeah. Then I bowl an eight, and then, then I pick up those two. Spare and a strike. So it was. Do you put spin on the ball? I do. So you're an extremely good bowler. I used to be a pretty good bowler. Did you take bowling lessons? Well, uh, shout out to Richard Jones, uh, who I went to high school with. He's, I believe, he's a professional bowler now. But he, I, I how much does a professional bowler make on average? I, you know, I asked him once. I, I think it depends on the tournaments, but I think you could make uh, upwards of six figures if you win like a certain type of tournament and you do like a few a year. You know. Um, Maybe more, maybe less. I don't know. But that's so you might get lucky and do that. But I wonder what the average professional. Yeah, I, I don't bowler. know. I, I think I, I don't know. Wow, fuck! I just don't know. Do you think you could have been a professional bowler if that's what you made your life to be? It, I, you know, this is this is a little probably unearned what I'm going to say, but I I think I could I think I could do almost anything. <laughs> like anything that I want to do, I think that I could get good enough and and do it. But also. Then why? Well, then why am make, I not in the NBA? You could make a D one basketball team. Correct. So that's that's that means I'm probably. But you not got right. close, and I believe you. I, you know, I didn't start playing basketball until tenth grade. I didn't get good until freshman year of college. So had I started a little earlier, maybe. But yeah, that's why what I'm saying doesn't make any sense. That's yeah, but just, at two eighty eight, I believe that you could have been a professional bowler. Thank you so Sounds much. Like that was could've. one time. That was my high. And I've I've actually heard you say stuff like this before. One time, I don't remember where I saw this. Maybe you'll remember. I don't. Um, but there was an interview with you about comedy, about your comedy. Okay. And I think it was I think it was shortly after you got this television show on Dateable. Okay. And the interview question was, did you ever see yourself becoming a TV star and being on a TV show? And your response was, yeah, that's why I moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw it and I did it. Right. Do you remember what that was? I don't. Uh, I don't remember saying that, but that's logic adds up to me. Yeah, it was. I'm paraphrasing, but it sure. was something along those lines. And I, but it didn't come off across as like, oh, this guy's a douchebag. It came off across as that's cool. Cool, man. I want to yeah. be. I want. I want to come across as cool and not a douchebag with all the things I do. You know, <laughs> that's why. I, that's why it, I love that you say I have a cool style, but like comfort first. So the yeah. comfort yeah, is cool. Joggers. Comfort is cool. You know, joggers from Urban Outfitters. J F E. I don't know. Feather, feather joggers. Yeah, feather shirt, feather joggers. I wear mostly feather stuff. 
So I'm going to go back into it because you do this podcast all the time, and, and it's mm-hmm. a post. It's called licensed therapy. You talk unlicensed about pro- therapy. Oh, pardon me. Yeah. Um, because just so everyone's clear, I have to say this for legal reasons. Sure. I'm not a licensed therapist. Right. Um, I cannot prescribe you medicine and none of this. Do you need some medicine to give to some of your guests? Because I have a lot of different Oh, yeah. Sometimes stuff. I give them medicine off air. Gotcha. But on air, illegally. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Are you happy? I'm not happy, but this is more about you. Why are you not happy? Do you know? Uh, I don't know the exact reason, but my dad wasn't happy. His dad wasn't happy. I think I'm just not in my blood. So you're depressed? Yeah, a little depressed. Or like numb. Are you medicated? No. No medicine. So how, how, All natural. How are you numb? What are you numb to? Life. You're smiling a lot. You do jokes a lot. So I don't see that. Well, you make me happy. That's But nice. just in general. What makes what else makes you happy? Uh, junk food, right? But that's not a sustainable happiness. I like uh, rock climbing. Okay, that I is. like women. I like um, yeah, junk food, rock climbing, and women. And the comedy, th- the three W's of happiness. Yeah. I like action movies. Yeah, like I, James Bond type movies. Yeah, I love action movies. Yeah, I love movies, but like unrealistic action movies. Sure, superhero, I, almost superhero type. Yeah, otherwise I'll just look out the uh, across the street and see some action. Yeah, yeah, I hear car you. accidents. Oh, yeah, you like dark stuff like that. No, well, no, I don't like knowing that people got hurt, but just the excitement of like something crazy happened. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. You're I, not allowed to say you like car accidents. Of course, you're allowed to say it. I'm just saying I don't know. Like I don't know if I understand where that the happiness comes from from that. Just the exci- I like excitement. I like adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it makes funny. me feel something. It's funny because the story that you that you told about me going in and giving my coffee cup to the bouncer, you there is action and adrenaline, and you were saying it was making you uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, but I still liked it. Mm. Okay, I was a little like I would have loved it if I was not there with you. Right, right, right. You like if, to watch. If I was just at that bar or right outside the bar, didn't know who you were, right. I'd be like, "This is awesome. What's going on right now?" But I was there with you. A little too in the situation. I went there all every week. I didn't want that bouncer to be like, not like like through association, me. right? Yeah. How often do you go rock climbing? Not as often as I used to. Why? Now every few months. Uh, it's thirty minutes from here each way. So it just it took me thirty minutes to get here to do this podcast. Yeah, but this is work, and this is going to change your career. This podcast. I don't know if I'm, uh, for the better. For the better, yeah. This is what do you think is going to happen from this? Podcast? Uh, you'll probably make more money. Uh, have a lot of bigger fan base. Yeah, from this. Do a lot of people listen to this? Thousands. How many of those thousands are gonna uh, then? Is it gonna translate to subscribers to my podcast? I would say because that's why I'm. That's, I would say ten plus. That's what my goal is: ten subscribers. I'd say ten plus. Right. So yeah. we we need to shout it out more often. I think then. Well, yeah, it's the Take Your Shoes Off podcast. Yeah. Take your shoes off with Rick Glassman. Yeah, take called. your shoes off with Rick Glassman, and his co-host is Blake Griffin, the NBA player. Not my co-host, although I did just do an episode of him last week on the podcast. Yeah, it's not out yet. It'll be out in a, in a few weeks. Blake Griffin, funny guy, hilarious, charming, unbelievably uh, handsome, ripped, a skilled NBA player, basketball first, player, first round draft pick, first round draft pick, and you know what I found out during half the, black? Uh, yes, mulatto. I don't know if you're allowed to say that. You're not. I, don't, I, I don't learned know. that term in college. That's what I thought yeah, it was. Things have changed. Okay, so maybe not a mulatto, half black, African American, black. What's the I, black? I think is black, what you're half, supposed to say now. I apologize. I'm sorry. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's I'm gonna listen to that episode. I mean it. That episode I'm gonna listen to. Cool. Is it out yet? Not not out yet. Well, you sent to me a day early. I won't leak it. I, I usually finish. I'm editing everything myself. It's so much work. It and is. I usually I post Monday mornings. I usually finish exporting on the Sunday nights. Yeah, but we just send it to me a little early. Well, I mean, so I feel cool. Uh, I, yeah. All right. Once as soon as it's uploaded on YouTube, which we're also obviously on iTunes. Take your shoes off with Rick Glassman. iTunes and Spotify, I assume. Yeah. Google we don't Play. get many many listens on Spotify. You I will. say we. You will. Literally nobody else is involved. <laughs> but I, I say, yeah, we got a good guest. I feel like by saying we, it makes it sound like a business instead of this. I have a booker now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. She contacted, or he contacted a, yeah, me. Yeah, he's great if you want to use him. I've never met him in person, but really? he's gotten me a lot of guests. Yeah. Well, how did you get in touch with a booker that you've never met? So Why don't he, just text me? Um, well, I know you better than this guy that yeah, you never met. Yeah, but I don't like the whole scheduling thing. I like just being told. I could tell. We had a schedule, and, and you, then I was you still late. changed yeah, it. I, was, I apologize for that. Um, so how, how me and my booker came into contact Mm -hmm. is I used to produce Barry Katz's podcast, Industry Standard. Okay. And when I did that, I guess my name showed up on a few papers in his office. This guy used to intern for Barry Katz, stumbled across me, searched me on the internet, enjoyed my content and my comedy and reached out to me and said, Hey, if you want to work together in any way, I like what you're doing. And and you thought booker. Because I, I thought to myself, what do I not like doing? What would I want someone to do for me? Oh, I love that. I, I love a- asking people to do it. Oh, you like asking people to do the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. Because sometimes I like it. But like, okay, with you, mm-hmm. for example, asking you, it's you doing a favor for me. Okay. Um, it, Thank you for doing it. It's ni- nice of you to do my podcast. But I know you're a busy guy. You have better things to do. So it's me asking for something is how I feel about it. So I, it makes me uncomfortable to do the asking part. Mm-hmm. So that's why. I've heard this from a lot of but people. But if it was someone like at my level or what, you know, in comedy, I would feel better about asking them. So if you recall, and I say this not just to you, but to the audience for context, when I, I first started doing podcasts like four or five years ago, and I never put any of them out, but I wanted to get into it. Yeah. And at the time, people weren't really doing podcasts, but I know I knew you were part of that world. Yeah. And I asked for your help, and you gave me some suggestions on equipment. You came to my house numerous times, yeah. including when Blake Griffin came. Right. And like you were doing me a favor. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing this to you, for you as because I owe you. I also no, don't yeah. think of this as a favor. This is kind of what the game is. We do podcasts. It's just like, yeah. yeah, I guess I want people to do mine. Why wouldn't I do other people's? Right. But like, I didn't. I didn't hesitate asking you. Um. And I, I've learned that I'm that what I'm about to say is not correct. But at the time, I always thought if someone doesn't want to do something, they'll just tell me. I have since learned that some people feel obligated and or give little hints that they'd rather not that I didn't pick up on. Mm-hmm. For example, uh uh sure. And I'm thinking, yeah, great, you know. <laughs> and uh I came into some new awareness over the past couple of years about how I'm received. How did you come into that awareness? By the way, when you asked me to help you, I would glad just so you know it wasn't like uh sure, I want I was great. excited Thank to help you. you. Um but how did you come into the awareness? So it's kind of a, a long story, but I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome a few years ago. We talked about this once, and and I'll, and I've talked about it with other people about you behind your back. Okay, not me specifically. It just comes up organically. Okay, and there's 
seems about 50% of the people go, yeah, he's got it. And about 50% of people go, no, that's just overdiagnosed and he doesn't have it. Yeah. So I've experienced people questioning and saying it to me in a way that I found myself defending or selling this diagnosis in a way that made me very uncomfortable. Right. So I had since stopped talking about it. Right. But also it is, I, I, it's a big part of my life and I've learned so much from it and I'm now comfortable bringing it up. And if somebody doesn't believe it, then like, that's okay. Um, what I the tools I've learned from it have been invaluable for me. So even if I'm not, and for some reason all of these things worked out, what a great mistake that I've made. Yeah. Um, that being maybe sa- everyone should have a little Aspergers. I've been saying it for weeks. <laughs> but um, if you knew me as a kid, uh, people that you would people would understand it differently. And it's kind of difficult to diagnose adults who are on, uh, on the higher functioning side because usually as an adult, if they are on the higher functioning side, they have found ways to adapt. For me, obviously, it's been comedy. Um, that's a very generic version of it. And I'd be happy to get into it if that's, what, if that's interesting to talk about. It is interesting. But, but as a kid, my obsessive compulsive disorder was debilitating and... I could not read facial expressions at all. I would be asking ev- ev- nonstop questions to where I'd be made fun of by all the questions I was asking. Yeah. Uh, you, did other kids get mad at you for asking so many questions? Like, geez, uh, stop asking so many questions. Adults got mad at me. Or not mad at me. Mad, maybe. I mean, to, uh, a few well, you years. You know what I mean when I say that, though? Like, a kid in the back of the room is like, God, let's just move on. I don't like, know. I, I missed a lot of stuff. I didn't have yeah. friends as a kid, and I didn't know it. Um, because I didn't grow up in, like in movies where bullies are bullies. Nobody bullied me. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, I'm busy. I didn't pick up on the cues and the Oh, you'd hints. say, hey, you want to go hang out later? And they'd be like, I'm busy? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would just think they were busy. And that's a, that's, that's a microcosm of, a, of something larger, but that's right. a literal example. Uh, it was more with, with adults than the trouble I would get into. And I would have to end up going to special classes. I ended up going to a, a, a special. I had to leave my school and go to this special school for a bit. And my doctor, uh, before I was diagnosed, uh, my general practitioner doctor, um, I was able to see that he was annoyed with me once. And I asked him, um, I feels like you don't like when I come in here. And he said, I'll be honest that when I come to the door and I see it's your name on there, I take a deep breath. You take a lot of my time and ask a lot of questions. And I was like, well, that's why I'm, he- I'm here to ask you questions. I'm not defending him, but yeah. what he said is a is a, a another data point in a pattern that has existed my entire life. But since I've gotten older, I've learned to say I'm good. Thanks. How are you? And uh, I know that when when people nod, it means that they're letting me know that they hear me. And when they're squinting, I know it's either because they didn't hear me or they don't understand and they want to know more. Um, when they squint and they go back, it's because they don't quite understand. But that's enough of it. <laughs> you know, I've, I I never knew what those things meant, and I would always right. be asking. And I've since overcompensated and have learned. And have gotten really good at deducing um, interactions with people. You're uh, almost the opposite of Asperger. No, no. You know, one of the, the biggest tools that I've learned um, is is I've I've come into some self awareness of how much awareness I lack, and have accepted that there are certain things I'm not going to pick up on, but I know that. 
So I, I kind of want to condition people in my life about that. Before I got diagnosed, there was about a year where I felt like, oh my gosh, as I started to learn about it, this is, this is me. This, all these patterns are making sense now, especially as a kid. One, and one of the reasons I decided to get meet with the adult behavior specialist was um, I was reading reasons to find out. And one was not just so I know, but so I could communicate to other people how to receive me. Let me tell you an example. Right now, I just became aware that I was talking for about three minutes. I saw you look to the screen. I am now. I was checking the technical. I'm not present anymore. I, because I'm now realizing, oh my gosh, I'm it's talking too fault. much. No, no. I just don't know when I'm supposed I'm, to stop. I, you know, I think I might have Asperger's. Not really, but. Oh, okay. But I do have. I'm not social. I'm very socially awkward and uh, have issues keeping focus. And sure. I have my own issues, basically. Is what I was going to say to that. Okay. But here's something I've noticed about you. So you, it seems, sounds like a big part of the diagnosis for your Asperger's is awareness on, let, let on me, social can norms. I, yeah. Can I tell you that tool real quick and then yes. continue? Um, and this is great, especially because we're around so many comedians and everyone's doing bits. When I'm out of the house, I'm often in bit mode. Mm-hmm. And I found out that that bothers people a lot. I never knew that. I thought everybody thought I was hysterical. It's one of those things where certain people get bothered by it and certain people love it. Sure. Yeah, I figured everyone loved it. Yeah. So I go when I go into a group, or if I'm talking to somebody in a group that ends up coming, and I am I've done two three bits in a row. I don't know how it's going, so I'll say, "Hey, I just want to let everyone know I'm in this bit mode right now, and I cannot not be in this." So if you guys are in that, then great. If not, you got to tell me, and I'll just get out of here. And some of the times people are like, "Let's do jokes," and sometimes people are like, "Yeah, we're kind of wanting to talk about," and I go, "Okay," and I leave. And my feelings aren't hurt. I don't want resentment to be built. We're not on the same frequency, but I don't know that. So I, that's what I was getting at is finding a way to communicate to other people to communicate to me directly. Got it. Because I don't pick up on a lot of Right. You're like, I'm not. But then they might take that as another bit. I've learned that. It's quite a dance. But the only thing that's in my control is to make jokes where I feel I want to. And when I think that people uh, don't understand... There's a big difference between a joke and a lie, and it's a very fine line, and it's based on intention. If I want you to think something's funny versus I want to trick you into believing something that's not true, mm-hmm. I never lie. I never have. Some people think that that shoulder thing, one in three people, I as 20 seconds went on and bit. you didn't call upon it, you didn't, I said, oh, this might be taken as a lie. I need to make sure we come. It was clear that yeah. I was a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I'll say, that's a good tool is so you've always lacked a little bit of awareness it sounds like with social things yeah but you've always been funny and known what a joke was and always been good at making people laugh thanks so how explain to me why that's different or why that was different went from you being a kid like you couldn't pick up when someone i was, was always funny as a kid right that's but what I, I'm to what expense you know um you know but i'm saying you're able to pick up on comedy and when people think something is funny and what's a joke, but you weren't able to pick up on other aspects. Why is it that you were able to pick up on comedy? So I, I always, I actually made a post about this on Instagram um, in March. I never knew how people felt. It wasn't that as a kid, I was, I was thinking I'm unsure. I, in my head, I knew I just wasn't calibrated properly. Whatever I felt, I projected that other people felt, and that's all it was. So if I'm being funny, I'm funny. You think I'm being funny. Um, 
but it was validated and more clear to me with a laugh. For whatever reason, sure. Then well, it's obvious. I could always tell. I always knew a laugh when somebody laughs. Um, I know that they like what I. They thought what I just did was funny, right? And I could tell a fake laugh from a real laugh. I, when I first came up, you told me that you just did a show where everyone was laughing, and it was at the. It was too easy. It was at the wrong. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I don't believe those, and those bother me. No, I'll say this about that. I know what you're talking about, but this was real laughter. Everyone loved the show. I'm just saying the crowd was too oh, good. I understand. No, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, laughs, laughs. Uh, I was calibrated to when even if someone was upset with me, um, if it was a teacher and I was in trouble, a laugh was validated. So I sought them. And much to what I was talking about of like, I feel like I liked bowling. I could become a good bowler or basketball. Um, there are certain things that when I become interested in, I kind of put, I put a lot of, I put almost all my attention yeah, focus into it. it. Yeah. And um, learning how to, how to get a laugh. It wasn't a consciously on getting a laugh to be funny. It was um, accepted, which is an easy way of saying it, but also to get things I wanted kind of whether it was to be able to retake that test or to be able to... Um, teachers would oftentimes uh, tell me I can't ask questions anymore because a lot of times I would ask these questions to where it would be her, his or her answer would uh, be leading me to the answer. So they would not let me ask questions anymore. So I found if I could f ask them in like a joking way, I would be getting what I wanted because I would then get a better grade. Right, And I just kind of looked into the construction of of that kind of stuff i don't think it's a coincidence that my comedy is so deconstructive now because i literally learned to build them that way and also i wasn't consciously included in things uh excuse me i wasn't included in things and i didn't consciously recognize that but um i think i picked up on it i i, I think i picked up on it because I did recognize that people liked me and then they didn't like me. Maybe they never did. Maybe they always did. I don't know. But they would treat me different at different times. Sure. sure. Sometimes they're like, I like Rick. And then sometimes they're like, Rick's a little much. Yeah. I never un I'm always the same thing. I don't understand yeah. what's going on. So I never felt safe in, in, in acceptance and, and friendship. And I think people thought I was weird. I don't know, but probably, right? Yeah. So... I realized when I got this diagnosis how much of my comedy is me controlling the weird and if I'm going to know why people if people are turned off I'm going to know why and I'm going to be in control of it and it came from a very defensive place and I've gotten good at it I've gotten really good at bombing I'm almost I, I it's kind of what my comedy is I'm not trying to do bad by any means but some people get it and some people don't I gotta tell you, I've been pretty good recently. I, I think it's taken me twelve years. I think I figured it out. I haven't figured it out yet, but I think of like, oh, this is. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna be a good stand-up. You're saying like you've been more consistent because I think you've always been a good stand-up. But uh, from my perspective, I haven't seen you in a while. But a lot of misses. Uh, when I saw you in the beginning of my stand-up, whatever, six seven years ago, I loved it. And part of it because it was so weird, but it was also very funny. But the people who didn't love it. Are people who didn't know what was going on? Yeah. It seemed like they were. At, they felt like they're like, I don't understand right. this. That's the biggest hurdle because I I had David Wayne on my podcast. He's going to be this week's episode. You know, who David Wayne is. I don't. David Wayne's my favorite comedy director. 
one of my favorite comedy directors, years ago when I um, I had on my I, I still have on my bulletin board directors I want to work with. It's David Wayne and Edgar Wright. Those are the two, and I ended up working with David, and he came on my podcast. David to me is the king of satire. Maybe you know Role Models, Wet Hot American Summer. Oh yeah, those love are his those. two main. Those things. are amazing. Yeah, and we talked about this this idea of playing a bit and manipulating the energy and making people believe something for the joke itself becomes cannibalized if you let them know I'm joking. But if you if they never find out you're joking, then the joke is over their head and they they never get to enjoy it. And it's when do you let them in on it and how do you let them in on it in a way where you can let them in and then still continue. When you do a movie, you have a narrative that lets you play with it. And you also have the device of knowing this is not reality. The example I used was when you're watching Robert Downey Jr., you know he's not really Iron Man, but you're buying into it. So you're there. When I'm on stage, if I am actually Iron Man, people aren't going to know that I'm not. That's a very flattering example to refer to myself as Iron Man. But how do I let them know this is a joke without saying this isn't real? You know, if Robert Downey Jr. looked at camera and said, this is CGI, we're out, we're done. You know what I mean? So it's taken me a very long time, and I still haven't exactly figured it out. But I think I now I now understand, oh, the reason people aren't liking me or enjoying this isn't because it's not funny. It's because we're not on the same frequency right now. So I've now recognized this hurdle in a way that I'm trying to, right. to jump. And that could be said probably when any comedian's not having a good set. Obviously, if, if, they're a good someone thinks it, yeah. if they think it's funny, there's yeah. a disconnect somewhere. They're not right. crazy. Or like, it's like when I, you know, not to say I'm a great comedian, but let's say I have a joke that does great almost every time. Okay. And then... For whatever reason, this show, you know, isn't going well. It's because we're off. Something's yeah, off. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of it is out of your control. Maybe they don't like guys that look Jewish, you know? Yeah. I mean, but everything that is within our control, those are the those are the things that we have to become aware of and find a way to either perfect or manipulate. And for me, I think it's a it's, it's very, a science. It's a very common that obstacle is, is out of all the obstacles that we all have as comedians, that one for me is when I when things aren't working, that's usually the reason. They don't know I'm joking. Yeah. They don't get yeah, what, they what don't I, get they, it. or they don't understand my intention. Right. So I have to tell them without winking. And <laughs> that's what's tough. And I found ways I've recently found ways to do it. And it's usually calibrating their expectations within my the first minute um, to let them know that, oh, He's doing it on purpose. If they don't like me, fine. At least let them trust what I'm doing and believe me. Right. You know? Anyway. I like it. Um, with this autism diagnosis and have been reading specifically on adult diagnoses because a lot of times adults develop their own inefficient tools instead of learning, like I said before, when someone says, how are you? I, you say, good. How are you? That would always throw me. Yeah, always, you would always say, oh, I'm okay. That you what do you want from it. me? Yeah. How was your weekend? I now talk about this on stage, and I say that because I get self-conscious if I'm, it sounds like I'm running a bit. But when someone asks what I did this weekend, I don't understand if I'm supposed to tell them what I had for lunch and where I, do I have, what do I, what do you want from, what do you want from me? <laughs> and then I got to ask you because I know if I don't, you think I'm this, but it's, People don't say, how was your weekend? Because they want to know about your weekend. They say, how was your weekend? Because they want to connect. Yeah. And to me, I understand connection, but that's not how you do it. Just say, hey. Yeah. You know, but now we got to touch palms and kiss cheeks yeah, and some, dab. Some and, things aren't as literal as they sound. Yes. 30 years, I'm now, I'm, I'm, 
I'm avoiding people because I don't know what to tell them about my weekend. Or I would say things like, who gives a shit, man? And then it comes off as aggressive and I'm trying to be funny by acknowledging that this pl- platitude is unnecessary. Right. And some people don't recognize that. that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'm too aggressive. I think what it all comes down to is uh, Jewish. My, uh, my, I have a joke where I say, so it turns out I have autism. My whole life I just thought I was Jewish. Because <laughs> yeah. a, lot, a lot of it is in there. Yeah. A lot of it is in there. The difference between my Jewish family and me is the chemical reaction I have to certain things right. that, I, that at the moment are kind of out of my control. And um, when certain things change and I feel this anxiety, I, even though I still feel it, I've learned, oh, I struggle to adapt to certain things. This is a pattern that I could recognize chill out for five minutes you'll be back is there anything in your life that i could help you with i don't think so i i don't think so maybe getting theo to come on my podcast but that's about it uh no i couldn't help you with that well i could probably ask him yeah like i mean i could help you in the same way you could like yeah. we both have his phone number yeah 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 uh, he'd be a great guest yeah well i've always liked theo and yeah, funny now theo is such a big podcaster yeah. I feel that it would it would be a cool guest for my podcast to have him. Absolutely, but anyone's podcast, really. But that's you know it's kind of a superficial reason. And yeah, but you also like him very much. Yeah, but I project that he is asked a lot. He is, and because of that, it it feels like uh, asking you to come help me. I don't think that you're at at the time. I didn't think that you were asked all the time. I, definitely, I, I was definitely asked less than Theo is to do a podcast. Yeah, so yeah. I don't want to be a bother to somebody. Sure, um, it's a fine line if it came up organically, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't. But you know who else gets asked to do a lot of things? Probably uh, Blake Griffin. Yeah, but the difference is, I, I, I'm friends with with him. Oh, you're not that close I, friends yeah, with Theo. No, I you're love Theo. With Blake. Yeah, well, I, Theo. I talk to Blake more regularly. I mean. Theo, I haven't talked to in, in, in a few years. Oh, wow. Um, I love him. Yeah. We used to play basketball, and I, I still think that we're friends. But I yeah. do have this... I get what you're saying. Yeah, you're just less connected. Yeah, and I do time. feel this this high school status within the podcast world f- vibe of like... Or just all of entertainment, really. Not just podcasting. I'm putting this on podcast. Like, if, yeah. if I wanted Theo to come do a show that I was doing or do a anything anything that i wouldn't feel the same way as podcasting yeah because oh i see what you're saying yeah you know what i mean it's like asking because if you asked him to do a show even though he's a great comedian it wouldn't if he said no you're like okay i'll get someone else i'll tell you what it is yeah and i'm projecting this although it's i believe it's true yeah i feel that when he's asked to to do somebody's podcast he feels he's asked because his podcast is so successful. Right. Right? That's not because they want him. Not that they don't, but right. that, that, that thing exists. And it's Wh- true, yeah. If, you if, were, he does his po- if he does a podcast, it's going to get more views than the average If you podcast. were a rich person and I, uh, and I said, hey, it's my birthday. Do you want to go to this? And I made an expensive restaurant. It would be like, oh, that's because I have money. But if it was just to a regular restaurant, oh, let's hang out. The expensive restaurant with money is the analogy to right. this podcast thing. So, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want someone to feel that I'm asking them to sure. do something because it will help me, even though that is true. Right. You don't want to feel like you're taking advantage of someone. That's or you don't want them to feel like you're taking trying to take advantage. I don't. Of. I get that. Yeah, that's 100%. a much clearer version. Right. Of it. Yeah. 
And I'll still probably, if I, if I, when I run into him next, I'll still probably ask him. And yeah. he'll probably say, yeah, maybe, you know, ask me again later or something. And yeah. who knows? But right now I have, I love my podcast so much. I love it. I love the guests I've How had. many episodes have you put out? Um, uh, nine so far. That's awesome. And I think they're really good and I think I'm good at it. And the I guests I have are so, they've been great. And I still have a list of other people that have agreed to do it that I'm excited to have on. So I'm in, I'm in no rush for that. Right. You know? That's exactly right. Yeah. What's the rush? So the, anything else there? I wonder if there's anything else I could help you with. Um, yeah, I don't know. You have helped me with, uh, you know, uh, Back in the day, getting me started, uh, you know, yeah. I ended up buying a mixing board that I never mm. used and some other shit. Yeah, that's the but story. Of the, that's the name of the game, I guess. <laughs> Things change. <yeah. laughs> one at one point, this method was the best, and then oh no, yeah. this method's now better. Uh, what about? Uh, do you have a girlfriend right now? I don't. I would love. I would love one. Oh, there, there we go. That's how I, I could help you with. Could you? Absolutely. How could you help me with finding a wife? Oh, you want a wife? Oh, yeah. uh, well, I mean, let's, let's start, start with a girlfriend. Yeah, let's start with a girlfriend. I, See, at yeah, this neckline, I'm looking at the thing. I keep like adjusting because it's pretty wide. Um, okay, here, you could get girls very easily. Thanks. You're tall. Hell yeah. You're unconventionally handsome. You're a smooth talker. Yeah. You're. You got money. Not like you know. I, I don't. Yeah, but you you do. Okay. You're not. You know what I mean? Like you're not rich but you're not uh a schlub what's the word you're not a piece of shit you're not a loser are you saying people who don't have a uh, uh, money or pieces of shit to girls losers? yeah to like a lot of girls they'll be like that guy's a bum i don't think that's true oh it is there's girls who are but, like i can't date that guy he doesn't a lot of times bums he, don't he have in a living room you know i can't date that guy he yeah i guess if you're in your can't 30s. afford a car you know right, yeah. yeah he's Lives with his mom, whatever the right, thing is. Right, right. You need to ha- be an adult. So what you're, you're saying adult. is I, I you don't check live in all a living the boxes, room. And is what I, I'm saying. I don't live in a living room and I don't live and I have my own place. So that's You have your own place. You have your own car. You are living comfortably. Okay. You have I, nice shoes. I dress comfortably, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. You could look at your outfit and go, this isn't, this outfit isn't from Target. Right. Actually, the pants were given to me for free and the shirt is from American Apparel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... You check all the boxes that girls are looking for. Yeah. Girls should like me. And then trust me, I know girls. Hell yeah. No, I don't. I do. I bet you do don't. I? I don't. I do. Maybe. Probably I don't not. Know. I've kissed over 10. Yeah? On the lips, yeah. How many of, how many of them? Um, they all kissed me back. It was all it was mutual. Good. Or, I mean, there's been girls that have rejected my kisses, but the 10 that I'm talking about. Really? Yeah. Did that hurt your feelings a lot? Absolutely. Oof, man. It doesn't happen often, but yeah, occasionally it'll be like, yeah, I have a hard rule that I don't kiss on a first date for that very reason. Because if they kiss me, I'm still thinking they're being nice. And if they don't kiss me, it would be horrible. I'll go in for the kiss if, if I'm feeling it. I don't even, always kiss on the first date. Even yeah. if I'm... Uh, here's another tool if, that I've learned. Even if I'm feeling it, I don't. And I, I define it. I let them know. Sometimes at the beginning, I do not kiss on a first date. Um, if, that makes them want to kiss you even more. Maybe. But it's also it makes me feel safe and I define I'm not that with loser. sex. I say, I'm not... Just so you know, I don't have sex on the first date. Right. I'd like to finish finish though. Okay. And then I say, um, if we if we hit it off and uh, we end up going out again, which by the way, no obligations. Who knows? We'll figure yeah. it out. But if we do, I want you to know that if I ask you out again, I'm 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 going to kiss you on the second date. So if you say yes to me, just so we're on the same page, I like you're that. saying yes that I could. I, I, I'm yeah, you're you. agreeing to the kissing contract. Yeah. yeah just so I know that contract. when we're going out, oh, she's romantically. And interested. that way, if. If she ever says to you, like, if she ever, like, 
writes a New York Times article about you, you could say, no, I told her ahead of time I was going to kiss her on the second date. I, I guess. I'm not. That's not really what I'm thinking about. I no mean, one's thinking about it. Even when I'm sleeping with a girl. Until it I, happens. Yeah, but I'm saying I don't think that there's too many times where I would be misunderstood for that. I, I, I uh, when that's, a girl when a girl likes me, I still like. That's what uh, Are said. you sure? Sure. Yeah. So maybe maybe it will happen, but uh, my intention isn't to uh, have a contract signed. It's more so I feel safe. And they feel safe. You're well, all of course. You both feel safe. Of course. Yeah. But yeah, I I feel I think, safe around you. I've never felt like you were gonna kiss me or anything. Have I never kissed you? I've never felt like you. I've never felt worried. Like, is he gonna try and kiss me? Good. So that's good. And sometimes I tell people I'm gay, just like you do, even though I might may or may not be. Yeah, there's a good chance I'm bi. Yeah, there's a there's a chance. <laughs> who who are you to say what I am? You know? Yeah. Well, I could be anything I want to be. That's sure. What, that's the way I view it. Yeah. View it. Because yeah. a lot of people will be like, "You're not gay. Why are you? Why are you telling people you're?" A gay? lot of people would say that you can't, you can't choose your sexuality based on what you want to be, but I hear what you're saying. I think you're still saying something that is like, "It's your business." It's my business and it's my choice. Well, again, I, I don't know if if people would subscribe to the idea that your sexual preferences are a choice. But I think they can be for certain people. I think they aren't for everyone, but they can be. Yeah, yeah. I think you could choose on what you do. Some things are an acquired taste, too. It's like, I didn't used to like macaroni and cheese. Now I love it. Okay. So you're comparing to macaroni and cheese to sexual preferences. Homosexuality. Okay. I yeah. get that. I yeah. get it in the context. Yeah. But, and I, I mean this quite literally to macaroni and cheese and not to homosexuality. That's disgusting. You don't like macaroni and cheese? I would rather suck None a of dick. It, even and the I mean best that macaroni 100%. And cheese? You can Not get, craft. I don't like craft. I would 100% suck a dick before eating macaroni and cheese. That's interesting. Any and, and there's any macaroni and cheese. Yes, but not any dick. Good point. Yeah, yeah, I would vomit. The smell of cheese makes me vomit. You don't like cheese? You don't like pizza? Without cheese. Are you being serious right now? Right, you man. don't eat pizza? Blame it on the ass. That's why you look so good. Um what was I? Oh, what was I going to ask you? Fuck, I thought of something good. Am oh, I girls. Si- am I girls. sitting in a way? How am I sitting to you? How would you describe it as the people who are listening and not watching? Like a normal guy. Okay. Love that. Yeah. A normal guy with his confident enough to cross his legs. My like dad a woman. crossed his legs, so I never, I never believed into, believe that. Uh, yeah, I think if you do it confidently, it's not a big deal. That's how I feel about what thing. pants you wear. Yeah. If you're walking down the street with pants that you're wearing confidently, everyone's going to love it. People are going to be like, good pants. I agree. So how how we're gonna get you a girl? This this is easy. Okay. This is all it would take from you. Okay. Send girls' hearts over uh, Instagram. Start the dialogue. I think that you are looking at the obstacles um, from a far away place, which is getting the girl. Yeah. Which does exist, but that's not. Oh, well, that's I'm not talk- your problem. Your problem is finding the right one. Not 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 that I'm 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 saying I'm gonna get the girl, but mm-hmm. I mean you know I almost bowled a perfect game guy. <laughs> what I'm saying is I have yet to find somebody since my Your ex soulmate. that yeah. I am. Oh, yeah. That's that just a numbers game. That's just meeting meeting enough girls to find one you yeah, like. Yeah, you, you could yeah. argue that the lottery is a numbers game. If you it keep is. it as yeah. a numbers game, sure, but there are ways of doing things efficiently. If you're Sure. And by just, I haven't figured out, you know, where am I going to go go take, you know, pottery class? Sure. I've done that. You know, and As a kid. Pottery is great. Yeah. Great. Probably would be a wonderful way yeah, to Yeah, but why don't you spouse. rock climb? You know what I mean? I think it's the same thing. Inconvenience? Exactly. So you're saying maybe start your own pottery uh, place Come right on. next door. I'm not going to do that. 
I just want to here's I just want to find my best friend who's 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 pretty, but like. Have you tried Hinge? No. There you go. Yeah. It takes time. It takes work. I, I, You're, they're not going to stumble into your life. I mean, they could, but chances are they won't. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, it takes it takes looking and getting to know. Yeah. Getting to know them. Yeah. I go on dates. You do? Yeah. Okay, you're doing it then. Yeah, I go on dates. That's nice. Yeah. But I haven't found my friend, you know? I haven't found it's that tough. engaged. It's tough. Most women are very, very dumb. <laughs> That's funny. Just kidding. Yeah, I know you're kidding. I know you're kidding. I th- I'm kidding. I know. I think everyone knows you're kidding. I think I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's take a couple calls and then we'll wrap this up. We're oh, gonna take yeah? some advice. Uh, You're taking is, calls. Are yeah. People, so this people is people uh, calling into you. People call in and they ask for advice. They uh, don't know specifically that they're calling in the is Rick it ringing episode. right now. Uh, no, they left voicemails. Oh, okay. So, ju- yeah, just to give you a background, these are callers. You don't have to. Um, I'll get it. Okay. So this is Leslie Clark. You don't know her. Never met her. The problem that I have is that I have a hard time getting close to people. I've been married twice. I'd like to have another relationship. But every time I get close, I want to break it off. It's just something instinctual. And I wish I could figure out why. I think I know why. Sure would be nice. Thank you so much. Why is she talking like she's reading Leslie a children's Clark. book? Like how many takes was that? Like bears don't like Maybe she's nervous. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you my my thoughts. My okay. thoughts on this. So so far, I hear her speaking in a way that that is that is manufactured. Okay. Um, which I look at as someone who's trying to control the way people see them. So already, I feel that she is in a way that we all do, but maybe um, she is tr- uh, trying to control the way people see her in a way where she doesn't allow herself to show herself to, sh- to be whether she doesn't know who she is or she doesn't like who she is she's scared um and if that's the case n- uh nobody's meeting her she's meeting people uh on false pretenses and this is a bit of a cliche but until you accept and love yourself it's it's going to be impossible to bring somebody in to you and you know at the end of the day i'm not trying to find somebody to complete me either is she we're trying to find Somebody Someone to, to share your life with. Yeah, to make me better and to, and to give, allow me to make you better, even from a selfish place of feeling value and helping somebody else. So I don't, we don't have enough, for me, not don't enough not. information from her, but I will say the way she's but speaking. your hypothesis, yeah. Um, and it's, it's a big reach because I don't know why. I mean, she I has think, to ask herself some questions. I think what you're saying, I think you're right. We need more information, and I also think what you're saying could very well be the case and could very well be great advice for her. Now, the initial thought that I thought of mm. is that she maybe had been hurt in the past from getting from people who she was very close with, and now she's scared to get close to someone else because of being hurt. Of course. So whether it's what I said or what Rick said, in either case, you got to let yourself be known and be comfortable around people and you know, be comfortable to, with yourself. To blame past trauma, acknowledge it. And, and work on it. But to blame it is a bit of a cop-out. If you get food poisoning and you say, oh, I'm scared I'm getting food poisoning, I'm never going to eat again, you're going to die. Because you understand the importance of, of getting in that nutrition. You have to eat. Right. So when people are scared of something so they're not doing it anymore, they have to ask themselves, is this something I really want? Yeah. And, and to that, it's like so one time 
I got food poisoning from eating a bowl of chili in the mountains. I, I bet. And since then, I've been a little hesitant with my chili intake. Mm-hmm. Yes. So maybe you were hurt by a white man, and now you should only date black men or well, Asian men. Yeah, that's what or say, women or Asian men. Yeah, or Asian men. Yeah, but at the end of the day, or more specifically, at the end of the day, I think what she needs to do is ask herself these questions, not you, not Agreed. me. Yeah. And and ask ask the child in her in a way that they could answer. Albert Einstein once said, and I'm paraphrasing, if you can't explain something to a six-year-old, you don't truly understand it, no matter how complex the thing is. Wow. Find a way of articulating your question in a way that we could understand a little bit better. At least the kid in her. I love that. Now, how do you getting your phone to play on these headphones without it being plugged in? Bluetooth. Plugged into the bo- the recorder. That's awesome. Yeah, that's like, that's great. Yeah, I could help you set it up. Uh, okay, we're going to do that with an, with an H. Uh, we could talk about it. We could do it with any recorder, as long as there's an extra XLR port on it that you're oh, not so using. Oh, so you have a Bluetooth XLR plugged that you plugged in. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. Love. Um, okay, this we're going to take this one more call. This is from... Deanna Lynn Ferrer. And you just give your phone number out to people? Uh, it's a Google voice. Actually, these were emailed in. Okay. If you want to call in with your advice, email me a voice memo asking for help to my email, ari at arimanis.com. And make sure to check out the F- Take Your Shoes Off podcast. Take Your Shoes Off podcast with Rick Glassman yeah. and Blake Griffin. We don't really have Bill Murray. I know. So I have a question about love relationships. I am in my mid-30s, and I've been dating the same man for the past... So I have a question about love relationships. Mm -hmm. I am in my mid-30s, and I've been dating the same man for the past three years, on and off, um, but we've never really made it to the boyfriend-girlfriend status. Um, But... We act like we're boyfriend and girlfriend mm-hmm. at times, and we had our ups and downs and whatnot during our time together. I was wondering how can I come about of asking for that real monogamous commitment? May I? Yes. This is, this is not just for people who want to be in a relationship and are confused with where it is. This is um, any interpersonal obstacle could be helped by this understanding. Boundaries. Okay, you have to know your own boundaries before anybody else can, and then you still have to find a way of communicating to them directly. So, if she want, if she has not set a boundary, which is, I want to be in a monogamous relationship. So the relationship is not that. Know what you want, accept what you want, and then define what you want. And how do you go about doing it? The same way you go about asking somebody to um, help you open a pickle jar. You recognize what you want and you find a way to make it happen. You communicate. You communicate. And if, and if you get rejected, yeah, that sucks. It may hurt a little bit, but at least you know. And then you can move on with your life and find someone to be in a relationship with since that's what you're looking for. Yeah. You know, the way you, the way you verbalize that was the consolation of at least then you know. Yeah. And I think it's bigger and better than the silver lining of that. I think once you recognize your boundaries and what is important to you and what makes you feel safe and happy, then by implementing that in this, you're calibrating the way you live your life and you communicate to yourself and other people. It's bigger than, well, at least now you know. It's literally becoming a a, a stronger 
happier person by calibrating yourself to this to where there isn't you're not get, getting in these situations there's also you're no longer going to be getting in these situations you're going to know what you want and some people look at this as the secret and some people look at this as a spiritual manifestation but if you know what you want things you have a better chance of them coming to you because they're defined. If you go to the grocery store without a list, you might get some stuff that you need. But if you have your list, you're getting what you need. Have your list, not just for your grocery store, but for your emotional well-being. Hi, I'm Rick Glassman from Take Your Shoes Off Podcast. Please, check it out. iTunes, Spotify, and of course, we're on YouTube. Three cameras. I edit them all myself. Wow. It takes a lot of time. Take Your Shoes Off Podcast with Rick Glassman. Do you have any children in your life? Yeah, my best friend John DeWald and Allison Buzma just had a baby girl. Please give this to them. Yeah, is this something you made? There's a, there's a children's book that I that I made. Bears don't like candy. Bears yeah, don't I like will. candy. It's for ages one to four. I love this. This that's I love this picture. That's yeah. kind of like uh, this is guy kind of looks like me, and this looks like a cool guy that's giving me candy. You could pretend like it's you and John. Just pretend, even though it's oh, his Bill name is Teddy. Jonathan. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah, I for appreciate sure. It. And thanks for helping me with my podcast yeah. in the past. There's a theme song for this? Uh, but I put it in post. Is it is it going now? Have a go. Yeah. Now. You're listening to, You're listening to Unlicensed. 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 Unlicensed Therapy with Ari Manis. Ari Manis.